Well, hey, good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Anybody else doing well? Or just the three people up front? All right, there we go. We're awake. Hey, can we just say thank you to the worship team just for leading us so well this morning? They're doing such a great job. Well, hey, if you don't know me, if you haven't seen me before, my name is David, and uh, I am the teaching pastor for the Zero Collective, which the Center Church is a part of. And so uh, every once in a while, John wants a break, and so I get to come and just give him a break and give him a Sunday off. And uh, I know this, you know this, uh, he's earned it. <laughs> he has so much more than earned it. And so it's just a gift to be able to be here today. Uh, the last time I was here, uh, we were meeting outside, and your church has changed a lot since then. Uh, this whole building campaign that has happened and elapsed and now Elise has been signed. And so I just, I, I got to tell you, I'm so excited. Come on. I mean, that's awesome. I am so excited for you and for the impact that God is going to make in this community through you and by having a more permanent space. And uh, sometimes I make bad decisions. And so I was excited. I just wanted to drive to the space this morning. So I did. And for those of you that don't know, this, it's like a women's fitness center. And so I, I just parked my truck right in front of it. And I, I just got out of my truck and I just start peeking through the windows. And then it just clicks in my head, like, this is a bad look. This is <laughs> like anybody driving past, like, what am I going to say? It's a, I'm a pastor. They go, <laughs> decrease. Uh, we just bought this place. Worse. Okay, like, there's no other good way. But I just, I want you to hear, I'm so excited uh, just for you and just uh, the impact that I believe God is going to make in your community by having a permanent space. But more, more importantly, God doesn't work through buildings, He works through people. And so the building is just a tool, and I'm just excited that you guys are taking this next step forward as a church to make a difference and an impact in your community. Um, do you ever realize how dependent on things we have become? Uh, you know, I'm talking about buildings, or, but maybe something like internet or technology today. Do you ever realize how dependent we become on stuff like that? Uh, not too long ago, I was at home. I have a two-year-old. His name's Judah. And my wife works at the hospital about every Friday. And so Judah and I have Fridays together. And so we're at our home and it's like 11 o'clock in the morning, something like that. And then all of a sudden, like the power flickers, you know what I'm talking about? And you're like, that was super weird. And then it all just disappears. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So like the TV goes out and Judah, Judah just like turns two years old, turns to me and he just goes, huh? And I'm like, don't look at me, kid. I don't, I'm just sitting in the chair. I didn't do anything. And so I'm, I'm looking like, maybe it's going to come on. Is it a breaker? And it's like, and I start looking out the window. I'm like, there's nothing. Like, every, our whole street just lost power. And so I, I, Judah's looking at me like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, well, we got to eat. So I, I don't eat peanut butter and jelly in a crisis. Get in the truck. Let's go to McDonald's. So we drove to McDonald's. We got food. We come back. The neighbor's like, I was changing a light bulb. Do you think I did this? I was like, no. No, I really don't think you kicked off power for the entire street changing a light bulb. <laughs> it's a massive light bulb. But here's the thing. Isn't, isn't it funny how quickly like power goes out and it's like crisis mode? Like, uh, okay, I, I noticed immediately I got to change. I, now I don't have internet. Now I don't have power. Now I don't have a microwave. Now I don't have food. Do you ever, you ever realize like when you lose something that you become so dependent on, you, you ever realize how quickly you notice right away? It's just like, I mean, seconds, right? We're talking power or internet or cell phone. I forgot my phone last night. It took me 10 seconds. Drove down the street, threw it in reverse, came right back. I'm like, nope, not going to miss that. What about this? What if I ask you this question? Would you notice if God stopped talking to you? How long would it take you to figure that out? How long would it take you to realize I don't hear his voice anymore? This is what I want to talk about today. 
We're starting a brand new series. It's called Life Hacks, Four Secrets to a Healthy Soul. And the thing, I just want to tell you this today, a healthy soul hears from God. And some of you may, you might be in different seasons of life. I, I know all of you are in a different season of life right now than others. Some of you have walked with God for a long time. Others maybe have just started the journey. Others are just like, I'm not really sure. You know, I, I've done the church thing or the religion thing. I, I've done that, but I, I don't know if I could actually say I've heard from God before, and, and that's okay. That's, that's why we're doing a sermon, a, a message series on what does it look like to actually hear from God. And I hope by the end of today that I, I will at least set you up for an experience of which you could actually hear from God, and some of you, it likely it may be the first time you've ever heard his voice. And so I'm, I'm excited. This is something I, I've learned and grown and just continued to, to develop in the last couple of years, and I, I just can't wait to share this with you. Uh, but we're going to be in the book of John today. So if you have a Bible, we're going to spend some time uh, in John chapter 8. So go ahead and open up your Bible or turn it on, pull out your phone or your iPad, whatever it is that you use. I also have words on the screen for you, but here's what you need to understand. Jesus and his disciples are in Jerusalem. Jesus has a confrontation, like a big confrontation, uh, with these religious leaders. So catch this. The religious leaders say, we know God, and Jesus says, I know God. But they're talking like across each other and saying, but you don't know him. Jesus is looking at the religious leaders, you, you don't actually know God. And the religious leaders are looking at Jesus going, you don't actually know God either. I, I mean, they're, they're missing each other, but here's the problem. There was only one son of God in the encounter. So I'm, I'm going to go with him. That would be Jesus. You know, he says, if you don't know, I'm, I'm on his side, right? He seems to win. So John chapter 8, verse 34, it says this. This is what Jesus says to these religious leaders. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. Here's what Jesus is saying to the religious leaders. You say that you are mine. You say that you know God. You say that you are a descendant of Abraham, which is the promise. Like God made a promise to Abraham and all of his descendants that you will be my people forever. And so what they thought and what they were aligning with is, well, via blood, we are connected to Abraham, therefore we know God. That's it. There's nothing else required of us. And Jesus is saying, you're missing it. You're wrong. That's inaccurate. It's not complete. And, and what would be coming was Jesus would say, it wasn't Abraham's blood that saved them. It would be Jesus' blood that would save them. So they're, they're disagreeing. They're not connecting. They're not understanding. It's getting heated. And then Jesus says this, the reason why you can't see me for who I am, the reason you don't know me is because you don't have any room for my word. Is that ever true of us? I mean, I just, as I was studying this week and as I was reading, I just thought it was interesting that a statement that could be said 2,000 years ago could be just as accurate today that I think so many of us as people, we simply do not have room, maybe it's in our hearts, maybe it's in our schedules, to actually hear the word of God in a way that transforms us. That, that, that's what I wanna start with. Do you have room in your heart to hear from God? Let's keep going here. <clears throat> I think that was a question. Thanks, Rue. Do we have room for God's word in our lives? The openness of your heart 
can't compete with the availability of your schedule. I just want that to hit for one second. The openness of your heart. Some of you say, I'm open. I want to hear from God. I want to hear from him. I want him to speak to me. I want him to direct me. I, I, I just want to understand what it's like. When someone says, I heard from God, I want to know what that feels like. That feeling, that openness, that desire of your heart cannot compete with a lack of availability in your schedule. Do you make space, uh, appropriate and intentional space, to actually hear from him? That's what we're talking about today. So let's keep reading. John chapter 14, we're going to flip ahead just a couple chapters, starting in verse 15. It says this, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. So Jesus now is saying, I want, I want you to hear from me. I want you to know me. I want you to have a relationship with me. And so I'm going to give you an advocate. I'm going to give you one that speaks on your behalf and also on my Father's behalf to you. I'm going to give you a helper. I'm going to give you this resource, this gift. I'm going to give you, and it's called the Holy Spirit, referred to as the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, so important, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So Jesus is saying to his disciples, I'm going to give you an advocate. I'm going to give you a gift so that you might hear from God. That is how we hear from God, through the Holy Spirit. Fast forward just a little bit longer. John chapter 16, starting in verse 13. It says this, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all what? truth. That when the Holy Spirit shows up, he will guide you and direct you and point you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. How interesting that even the Holy Spirit does not speak on his, uh, out of his independence. He, he speaks out of his dependence on the Trinity. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will, mean, what he will make known to you. He's really saying, if you want to hear from God, it's going to be through the Holy Spirit. It's going to be through the Holy Spirit. We have his word, right? We have the Bible. This is God's word. This is God's truth. This is what God has, has written and preserved and saved and gifted to us to generation after generation saying, if you, if you want to know me, here's how you know me. But the spirit of truth, when I give you the spirit of truth, you'll hear from me. You'll hear my voice. That I'll, I'll speak through this. I won't contradict this. I'll support this. I'll point. It's like this interweaving of if you want to hear from me in real time, today, speaking to real situations, real needs, real issues of the heart. If you really want to hear from me, it's going to be with Scripture through the integration of the Holy Spirit. So why can't so many of us hear him? If that's true, if you say, I read the Bible and I ask God to speak to me, why, why don't I hear? I want to use this example. Uh, I have this email program. Uh, it's called Spark. And what it does is it allows me to enter in a bunch of different email addresses from all different 
like platforms, so Yahoo and Gmail and Hotmail, if those still, if that, does that still exist? Anybody? Hotmail? There we go. All right. So Hotmail, whatever. It, it, it allows you to combine all these different accounts. And so they all feed into one spot. So like think about it, source, 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 all these different sources that kind of pull in one spot. What do you think that happens? Or what do you think happens to like my inbox? It just explodes. I mean, there's just so many emails that all come in from all different places. It becomes really, really difficult to find one email that I'm looking for to the point that I have to start going back and I have to go back to the source and go back and figure out, man, where, where is that one? Who is it from again? I turned it. Do we ever do that spiritually? Have you ever thought about the number of sources that feed into and that speak into your lives that we hear? And at a certain point, you stop realizing what source they're coming from. You're just evaluating them based on what they're saying. From the media, from I actually have some of them. Let me walk you through these. Uh, let's talk external voices. Maybe from a spouse, maybe from a family member, maybe from parents or mentors or pastors or bosses, coworkers, friends, media, advertisement, books, podcasts, YouTube. I mean, it, it, fill in the blank, right? It, we have so many external voices, external sources that feed in and deliver a very specific message, but often it's all over the map. And so how do we discern, as we talk about the spirit of truth, how do we know what's true when it's coming from all these different places? Those are external sources that feed in. What about internal sources? What about things inside of us that say, try harder, do more, you're not enough, you're not good enough, smart enough, tall enough, short enough, whatever, you don't make enough, whatever it is. Maybe it's logic, right? Here's what makes sense. I've done the math, I've crunched the numbers, or I've thought about this, I've processed this, this is the smart decision. Uh, or what about this? Just how you process things. I mean, I, I didn't realize that people process stuff different than me until I got married. I was like, what? You think... This took me like two seconds. Why is this? What? You, you just understand different people process very different ways. And so here's a question. If we have so many internal voices that are fueling us, and then we have so many external voices that are speaking into us, if we have all these different voices, like all these different email accounts, and they're all coming to one spot, isn't it kind of funny that we would all say, or many of us would say, yeah, I, I have a hard time discerning when God speaks. Because that third voice would be the Holy Spirit. You see how easy it would be for God to speak into our lives and we lose it? Or we miss it? Or just didn't hear it? Or didn't catch the significance at the time? Or, or do you see how you could live a life years or decades following Jesus and still have the feeling of, I don't feel like God has ever spoken to me because maybe, maybe we missed it. Maybe God did speak, he did move, he did invite, but through the chaos and through the mess, we just missed it. Is that possible for you in your life? Because it's certainly true of mine. How do most people try to hear from God? As I was just preparing and thinking about this, you know what I would have said when I was sitting in your seat for most of my life? If you had to point one direction, where would you point? Isn't that true why so many people show up to church on a Sunday morning? We have this deep desire to hear from God. 
And often I think what we believe, especially in the church, is that the only way to hear from God is, is in the Bible or if the pastor says. I didn't realize this until I became a pastor. People would come up and they would say, hey, could you, could you pray about something for me? I go, sure. I mean, have you prayed about it? Well, I mean, you got an in with God. <laughs> I do? I had no idea. People, people really think that. I really thought that most of my life. And I would think there are certain people that have an in with God that, that he listens to and responds to them. And so if I want something, I'm going to go to them and I'm just going to say, just tell me what to do. Have you ever thought that? Have you ever tried that? Nobody look at John right now. You're like, oh, snap. What if different people who, who have an in with God don't actually have any advantage? They just carve out space to hear from him. What if they've just, they've learned, like they've exercised a muscle year over year over year, and they've learned, this is how I actually discern the voice of God. And, and then here's the confidence that comes with when God speaks and when, when God shares something with you, I know how to respond. I know what to do. Every one of you in this room has that ability. Now, time out. When you hear from God, it changes everything. I want that for you. I know John wants that for you. We want you to understand how to hear and discern the voice of God. And he does too. So we're going to get into, how do I do that? But do you know what that mentality creates is when you go to others to discern on your behalf? Do you know what that creates in people's lives? Frustration. Panic, distance, discomfort, loneliness, anxiety, fear, unrest. Do any of those emotions connect with you? I've had very significant, important, weighty decisions that I had in front of me, and I remember going, help! What do I do? Speak to me right now. I, I need it, like, Now! Speak, and, and then I feel nothing. And so I make a decision, and I move forward, and, and what creates, because oftentimes I've made the wrong decision. I made a bad decision. I, I didn't see what else was going on. I didn't realize how it would affect other people. I didn't realize how it would affect me and, and future. It, we're talking about one decision, how it escalates and cascades, and what turned in me over and over and over was a discomfort and, and a, a frustration with God for not doing what I needed him to do in the moment versus developing a pattern and a lifestyle and a history of spending time with him to understand how do I actually discern his voice and then how do I actually make, make steps to respond moving forward. You ever feel like God left you on your own? You ever feel like God didn't give you what you expected? Do you ever feel like God was silent or unclear? Uh, I'm going to do something. I don't think I've ever done something like this in a sermon before, but I want to list a number of different things. Uh, and I, I would say it like this. When God speaks, this is what might happen. 
And if you're a note taker, great. If you're a, a photographer, <laughs> great. Just click the old shutter button. Uh, I want to start with this one. When God speaks, it's often through prayer. I'm just talking personal experience now. When God speaks to me, it's often through time of prayer, of which I come before him and I offer up and I say, Father, here's what's on my heart. Here's what's on my heart. And I honestly, I spend so much time sharing and talking and, and, and interceding on others' behalf. I pray for my family. I pray for my wife. I pray for my son. I pray for wisdom. I pray for my job. I pray for financial security. I, I pray for so many different things. I just go before my father. But you want to know one thing I often forget to do? I forgot this most of my life. I get to the end of my prayer, and I forget to say, God, is there anything you'd like to say to me? Do you know how important of a shift that is? God, is there anything you would like to say to me right now? I tell you what, some of the sweetest, most important things I could ever hear from the Father came after I asked that question. And it comes through prayer. Here's the second one, is Scripture. Um, when God speaks, it'll always align with this book. And that's really important to know because sometimes what people will say or what people will feel is, God told me to blank, and they fill in the blank. And if it makes you scratch your head and go, oh, that sounds weird, like from a biblical standpoint, pay attention. Because if you feel like God says something to you and speaks something to you, do you know you'll be able to confirm that or see an alignment of that with his book? You'll, you'll be able to see other stories, other examples, other people. You'll say, Jesus said something just like that. that that's probably from God the Father. Then Here's another one, uh, is character. You know, when God speaks, it always aligns with his character. Something I had to learn uh, growing up is uh, I have a different lens in which I see God than every one of you. Every one of you has a different lens in which you see God than every other one of you. Uh, my dad was a pastor. Uh, he still is a pastor most of my growing up. And so what I had to learn is the way that I saw God, our Heavenly Father, is through how I saw and interacted with and related to my dad, who was a pastor. Do you realize that how, how we interact with our parents, how we interact with pastors and religious leaders and, and people of importance, whatever it is, you realize how, how, how important interactions we've had with other people actually shapes how we see God. And so a, a great check, a great question is this. Does what I just heard from God align with his character as it's depicted through Scripture? It's an important check. Uh, here's another one. It'll often move your spirit. I, I can't explain this one other than just saying, you just, okay, for those of you that are married in the room, something I just, I always hated that you said to me was, uh, you remember us asking the question, single people, like, how will I know when I meet the one? What is the worst response someone can say to you? You'll just know. Does that help anybody? So I'm going to say it to you. How will you know if God moves your spirit? You'll just know. But like for real. For real. When God shows up, when God speaks something to you, when God moves, you'll just know. You'll be like, I'm in, I'm in his presence right now. 
I, I just, I, everything feels different. You'll know. Uh, sometimes, this is a great question. Uh, when's the last time God surprised you? Mine was last night. Sometimes I love it when he does it. Sometimes I hate it. And last night I was just praying. We had an event last night just as a family. We got together and, and I felt like God stirred something on my heart in a way that I didn't treat somebody well this last week. And I went, mm. that surprised me. I didn't see that coming. I didn't want that. But it stirred. He, he moved in my heart. You need to go make something right. Does God ever surprise you? Be on the lookout. If you go, that is just out of left field. Maybe for a reason. A couple other ones. Sometimes there's this duality. I was talking to my brother about this. Uh, between when the Holy Spirit speaks and then our brains and using logic. And for some reason, this piece is easier for more illogical people like myself. Where sometimes you can't explain, you can't quantify, you can't qualify, you can't... Like there's a, there's a decision in front of you that makes sense by all of the world's standards. And you go, this is what I ought to do. I just know it. And sometimes God will say, but I want you to do this. And either there's a decision that makes sense that he says, nope, don't do that one. Or there's a decision that you go, that does not make sense. And, and he'll stir in you and he'll, move, and he'll say, this is what I want you to do. Sometimes there's a duality here. And it, again, I'm just going to keep saying this. It's like a muscle. You just work it and work it and work it. And over time, you get familiar with, okay, I'm understanding. I'm starting to learn his voice. A couple other ones. I'll go quick. When God stirs something in you, Brian and I, our, our lead pastor, we were talking about this for the Zero Collective. Um, he was talking about a decision that he made early on in his ministry career of which he knew God was calling him to step into. And he said, I just knew. I said, what does that mean? He goes, I just knew. I went, what does that mean for like dumb people like myself going, I'm trying to learn this thing. Teach me, help me. Under, help me say, I, I said, was it, like, was it like peace? And he goes, that's it. It was like the most overwhelming sense of peace. It, what doesn't make sense by the world standards, but I know what God is leading me into. And I go, this is the decision I have to make, and I have peace. I have peace. You know, I've had the opposite of that. <laughs> when you're in a situation or you make a decision and there's so much unrest, so much, so much discomfort, so much chaos deep within, and you go, this is like on a spiritual level, I just, I just know I'm not where God wants me. Do you experience that? Do you, do you, have, you, have you experienced that? Um, maybe this is a warning. You will experience that. Uh, a couple other ones. Worship and then confirmation. Worship. Is your spirit moved to worship after God speaks? What I often feel, regardless of what, what I feel like he stirs or puts on my heart, there's, there's always this sense of, I just want to sing. I just want to worship. I just want to move. I, I just want to dance. That's weird to say up on a stage. But when God speaks and he shows up in his presence, it's like every part of me needs to respond. And if you feel that, that, that aligns with the last one. It's like a confirmation. Oftentimes, God will confirm when he speaks to you through totally different avenues that are totally disconnected. 
through different people, through a sermon, through something that you read, like a, a verse in scripture, through, through a pastor, through somebody that comes up and says, I, I, just, I just felt like I was supposed to say this to you. Pay attention to those because oftentimes God is trying to communicate a message to us, to his people, and we're at risk of missing it if we're not watching or looking or noticing things like this. So here's what I want you to hear. I, I don't want you to be overwhelmed by that. I don't want you to be worried about that. I don't want you to think this is too complicated for that. It, it's not. I'm just saying when God speaks, it is often very different than what we're used to. But it'll change everything. I want this for you. I want you to, I have learned to discern the Holy Spirit's voice over the last three years in a way I've never, I've never experienced in my life. And it is the most life-giving encounter that I could ever get up here and talk to you about. That's why I say this is a weird, I, I've never gone through like a list and say this could happen or this could happen or this could happen. This. Could, but when God speaks, these things happen. So I was reading a book this week and uh, kind of a funny book. It's called uh, Dream Big. At least I think that's the name of the book. <laughs> I read the whole book except the cover, apparently. And uh, it's written by a guy named Bob Goff. And the guy's just kind of like a crazy character. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or know him, but he is one of the quirkiest, weirdest guys I've ever, uh, ever read, interacted with, watched, you name it. But he has this part in, uh, in his book right towards the end. It was so funny. He talked about he had a buddy that loved to rock climb. And so he was trying to teach Bob how to rock climb. And he's like, hey, you want to come with me? Let's go. There's like this sweet cliff face, whatever. Uh, come with me. It's going to be sweet. And he goes, sweet. I mean, the guy's like one of the most impulsive people I've ever met, too. I mean, just the stuff you read about, you're like, how is he still alive? I mean, it's like, it's a question. And so th there's like a picture. He talks about rock climbing. And like, if you've ever rock climbed with two people, we don't have a lot of cliff faces out here, right? Not in Byron Center, Michigan. But, but if you had like a cliff face or a mountain or something like that, and you had two people climbing, what you would do is like, you have a carabiner on one side, you have a carabiner on the other side, you have two people. So one, it, you know what belaying is? Right, you learned that maybe in middle school, high school, whatever. Uh, belaying is like you have somebody that climbs a wall and the other one that hooks up to their harness and then they say a lot of words and you repeat back and forth and then they pull you up. And if, in fact, you fall off the cliff, the person on the bottom is holding you tight so you just dangle there and it hurts. It's like a massive wedgie and you hit the rock wall and, and then they get back on and you keep climbing. So here's the thing. I never knew this, but when you have two people, what you do is the belayer stays on the bottom while the climber climbs up. And then when he's at the top, he becomes the belayer. I had no idea. It makes all the sense in the world, but I had no idea. So the guy at the top goes on the top, and what he's supposed to do is he's supposed to take a rope, and he's supposed to find something secure. This is way too big to walk around, but find something secure like a tree. Find a tree, and then, you know, you circle it around, and you anchor yourself to the tree so that the tree doesn't move, and then you come over using the same rope, and then you let that rope down to your other guy, and then you belay him up. So if for some crazy odd reason he slips and falls, you don't. Can you see that situation playing out? Like, imagine me and somebody else, they're climbing up, and I'm just holding going, I got a pretty good grip, right? I, my feet are pretty solid. What happens when he slips and all of his weight starts dropping down, and I get yanked? What happens? You think I'm going to be able to fight that? 
Not a chance. So what you're supposed to do is just to anchor yourself to something solid. So our friend Bob is up there at the top of this thing, and he said he was so excited he couldn't believe that he got to the top of it. He, he had this like mess of rope all at the bottom, and he looped down and he clipped into the rope, and he says, okay, belay on, I'm good to go. And so his buddy starts climbing. He said he got halfway up before he realized he hooked into himself. Can you imagine not being Bob, being the guy on the cliff who's halfway up, thinking he's secure, thinking he's solid, thinking he's, he, he's thinking he's set, when in fact Bob is looking down and he's going, I have made a giant mistake. And if he falls, not only does he fall, I fall, we both die, they're going to do a new story and go, super weird, one of them was chained to himself at the bottom. So he said, without trying to alarm him, I just say, hold on, don't move. And he tries to unhook and then re-anchor, and it's like, whoo, okay, we're good. Here's my question to you. What are you anchored to in your life? What are you anchored to? Because here, here's what I've learned as I've, as I've gotten older. When I was younger, I often had the mentality of, I'm just on my own. I'm just on my own. I'm rock climbing by myself. And, and sometimes there's repercussions, and I hope I had a good anchor and I'll be okay. But, but as you get older, you start to realize, oh, there's actually a lot of people who are climbing in life with me. There are people who are looking to me. Maybe it's because of my position. Maybe it's because of my job. Maybe it's because I'm married. Maybe it's my family. Maybe it's my kids. There are so many people that are anchored to you as a Jesus follower. And the question I have for you is, what are you anchored to? Because with a thousand different voices that are coming in day in and day out that are hitting the inbox of your heart, are you able to discern from the Holy Spirit what is from Him? Because if He is not your anchor, I'm just going to tell you, you're in danger. And you might not feel like it. This is like the most important thing I could say to you today. Some of you have been climbing most of your life and you haven't slipped yet. Maybe it was little, maybe it was big, but you somewhat recovered. But, but there are seasons that are coming that are going to try you, that are going to test you, that are going to push you, that are going to knock you down. The wind is going to pick up. Conditions are going to change outside of your control. And then the question of what are you anchored to is going to be the most important question that you get to answer in your life. A healthy soul hears from God that his voice is the strongest, most secure anchor you can have. Do you have that in your life? For me, my anchor is Saturday nights. Uh, they've become one of my absolute favorite pieces of the week. Uh, what I do is I go into the worship center at Frontline and uh, usually I get there early. Uh, because Brian and I are my lead pastor. We come together and we pray together. We just hear, how's your life going? What's going on? What's God stirring in you? Uh, what do you need prayer for tonight? And then we pray together. But before Brian shows up, I usually carve out about an hour and a half or two hours in that space by myself. I turn on worship music, like what Peter's playing right now. Just instrumental, just get my heart in the right spot. And then I just, I walk around the entire worship center. It's all mine. And I just say, okay, Lord, here I am. I just wanted to spend time with you today. Here's what's on my heart. I start praying through you. This is my family. 
Here's my son. I'm so grateful for this. Father, here's the sin I'm just carrying, the weight that I just, I just want to share it with you. I just want to give it to you. And it eventually it culminates at the spot where I go, okay, Lord, is there anything you'd like to say to me? Because I've emptied everything I wanted to say. Is there anything you'd like to say to me? I tell you what, he's changed my life. As he moves, as he speaks. <laughs> Last night I felt like he put something on my heart. I, I, it was like so clear I knew what I was supposed to do. I told you about it earlier. I, I had to go back and make something right. And then as Brian came in about an hour and a half later, we're sitting down talking and, and he makes a face when I said something. And I, I go, what, what is it? What is it? He goes, I don't want to overstep. I went, no, I'm pretty sure you're not going to. Here, hit me. And he goes, I just want you to hear this. I, I think you, you have a tendency to do this. And I went, there's a confirmation. That's exactly what I felt like God just spoke to me. What would it be like if you had that? If you had a father that you can come to about struggles that you're having in your marriage, what, what would it look like if you could come to your father and say, I'm not sure where I'm going to go to school or my first job after this, but father, would you direct me and guide me? Tell me what to do. What would it look like as a dad, as a grandpa, to say, I'm coming on behalf of my family. What am I supposed to do here, Lord? What do you want to say to me? Last week, Shannon got home really late from work. It was a Saturday night. And she's like, oh, is there any way you could do what you do like in our basement? And she's like, why, why not just stay here? Like, it was like this forced thing that I had to go do it. And I said, Shannon, I'm not giving this up for the world. I'm, I'm going to go spend time with my father. Because when he speaks, he changes my life. I want that for you. So my application today is it's super easy all the picture people, take a picture. Maybe you need to do one of these things. Maybe you need to do two of these things. Maybe you need to do all of these things and more. I don't know. I'll let you figure that out. But here's a couple. Some of you just need to create space. Not necessarily in your heart, in your schedule. That you can hear from God on a regular basis. Some of you need to ask for wisdom from other people in your life who are farther down the road, who are more spiritually mature than you and, and trust them to lead you. That's who Brian has become for me. Some of you just need to be open. Uh, as I was talking to somebody that means the world to me this week about how do you hear from God, I could just tell he was like, David, this is way more charismatic than anything I've ever done or am used to or am comfortable with. I said, that's okay. That's, that's okay. I said, you and I didn't have someone that came alongside us and taught us how to do this. When it feels like we have to learn it on our own, it's incredibly scary. It's not. Just be open to whatever God wants to do in your heart. Some of you need to change your approach. You've tried the same thing over and over and over. Change your setting. Try adding music. Try just sitting there. Try walking around. Maybe invite someone who's really close to you. Let's do this together. Maybe just change some part of your approach. That you go, I'm, I'm going to give this a shot again. And then this last thought, some of you just need to incorporate worship. 
There's no way. I spent 20 minutes last night on our soundboard. I have no clue what I'm doing. I probably screwed it up for this morning, but I was like, I need worship. I need it. Some of you just need to add worship. So this is Peter's plan. I just want to spend a little bit of time. Let's just pray together. And then we're actually going to do something really important as a church. We're going to celebrate communion. So let's pray. Father, we just come before you right now. Uh, a lot of us with different past, different experience, different struggles, different hurts. Father, a lot of us, I, I, I dare say all of us in this room want to hear your voice. But I also think there's a lot of us in this room who are scared of hearing from you. Even like I confessed to you last night. Because we're scared of what you're going to say. We're scared you're going to condemn. We're scared you're going to hurt. We're scared you're going to show up and take. We're, we're just scared. All these things, all these experiences that we've associated with you, Father, they're not your character. What you long for and desire from us is just to spend time with us as your church. You call us your bride. So, Father, I pray that as we approach you, even right now, I pray that you would open our hearts in a way that maybe we haven't been open before that we might hear from you, that we might look to hear from you, that we would create space so that we might hear from you, Father, because when you speak, it changes everything. I pray that for this church. I pray, Father, that this church becomes known in this community for hearing your voice. I pray that every decision they make comes out of their relationship and out of their time with you. We love you, Lord. We thank you for being our anchor. We pray this all in Jesus' name and everybody said together.